I felt like I did my job as far as like what I was imagining with the film's mission goes and bringing awareness and having conversation, which I'm always, that's what shifts mindsets is conversations. And we were able to do that there. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. This is episode 20 of Alopecia Life. Thank you for joining us. Today's guest is Alicia Cunningham. Alicia is an author, filmmaker, and photographer who has worked hard to bring her message of I am more than my hair to the author world and film circuit. She and I connected several years ago about our individual projects and the backstory to what motivated her to share about alopecia struck me as unique. You'll find out why after listening to today's episode. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, too. I know we've been in communication. That's <laughs> right. For a few years now. Yeah. Since yeah. then, you've come a long way with your book and then also your documentary by the same name. And I'm just excited to talk to listeners about that today and share with them what you're working on. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Why don't you share with listeners how you got started with the book project, I Am More Than My Hair? To make a long story short, I uh, was working on my first book release party back in 2013. And at that time, I had locks for about 16 years then. And I decided to do a big chop and participate where the proceeds were being donated for women of color for the medical treatment of cancer for those who aren't able to afford it. And to my surprise, people criticized me. I was receiving constant criticism. It was the first time in my life that I've ever heard so many Bible verses about a woman's hair. I didn't even realize how, that it even exists in the Bible, but it does. It got to a point where I was, it started frustrating me, the comments and the responses. There was one lady speaking to me about while she was there with her younger daughter, and she mentioned about a woman's hair is her beauty. So I said to her in my response, because I'm, I'm usually, you know, typically quick to respond anyway. I said to her, would you tell your daughter she's no longer beautiful if she lost her hair? So as she thought about it, you know, and she looked at me and she was kind of thinking off and I saw her daughter actually thinking of at the same time because she kind of questioned what her mother said. It was so strange because we were all in the, in the thought process and I was thinking at the same time, I'll do a project and I'm going to show people that women are more than their hair. So that's how the whole idea came about was from my own personal experience, you know, with doing a big chop. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah I had no yeah. idea where that came from. That's awesome that you took yes, that you. and you just reflected on that. Like you said, speaking your mind right then saying, would you would you tell your daughter she's no longer beautiful without hair? I mean, that's crazy. I'm sure there's more appropriate words than that. But, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then how did you find other participants who who wanted to take part in the book? What I did initially is I started contacting, so from my own ignorance, I didn't realize what the definition of alopecia, which means hair loss. It's a it's a term that means hair loss, but it can have, like, there's a broad, different reasons why a man or woman can lose their hair. Mm-hmm. And so I initially was contacting cancer-related organizations, and it was a friend who told me, because I was getting, receiving a lot of resistance, because, you know, because of the privacy practices, you know, they can't mm-hmm. share information. So 
Because at that point, I was like, you know, I don't think I should do this anymore. It's too hard. My friend said, Malicia, just contact organizations or groups that's related to alopecia. I was like, what do you mean? I, I don't even know what that is. And I remember reading about it about a year prior, but I, for some reason, it just didn't, the definition didn't stick. And then she said, it just means hair loss. But there's different reasons. And she explained to me, you know, you can have thyroid issues. You can have pharmaceuticals from a reaction to pharmaceutical drugs. It can be genetic. So... I did what she advised, and I started reaching out to many different organizations, including how you and I connected, which is International uh, Alopecia Community, uh-huh. and NAF, and Stupid Cancer, and The Bald and Beautiful, so many different orgs, and they shared my announcement that I was looking for participants to participate in my project. So that's how I got started with, you know, meeting people and interviewing them. Right on. Some connecting with other organizations. And I know back a few years ago, we were talking about how you did a Kickstarter campaign and you really, you know, did did the work with that. And how successful was the Kickstarter campaign in getting that off the ground? Well, Kickstarter was, if anyone doing any kind of crowdfunding, it is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. It's a full-time job. So uh, it was my first experience with doing a Kickstarter campaign for I'm More Than My Hair I was close to raising the money, 15000 and somebody contributed 10000 and it was just a few hours, about three hours left of my campaign. And about an hour before it was my time to deadline, mm-hmm. Kickstarter had taken the money back, and I was found out that it was a, a fraudulent donor that was going and donating this money. It was definitely a lesson learned there. I was able to keep some of the funds that wasn't donated from that fraudulent donor, but it was something that I had to do. That I did Indiegogo was Kickstarter Indiegogo, and now I have a fiscal sponsor, so I do my campaigns through my fiscal sponsor. But it's a constant process. Yeah, constant. I think that's amazing, though, that you've been able to to fund it and then to also go on and do the documentary too. And did you have a vision yeah. for doing both at the same time, the book and documentary, or was the documentary kind of like just an afterthought? Yeah, so no, actually, it was just going to be the book first. And what I did was I submitted, I was taking footage as I would meet women to interview them. I would take footage of them just saying, I'm more than my hair because. So that was, mm-hmm. I was going to use the footage campaigning for marketing for my Kickstarter. That was my idea. And I submitted my film with Docs in Progress, which is a local nonprofit here, you know, for documentary filmmakers, a resource for documentary filmmakers. Once a month, they do this work in progress for you to get feedback from the audience to tell you what they think and if you need to edit it. So as I was showing the audience my footage, you know, and they were asking, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, so I explained, this is just for marketing. And the audience that ended up making a, saying I'll make a documentary because they convinced me. <laughs> they were like, why is this not a documentary? Like, this should not just be a book. Like, you have the footage. It looks good. Make it into a documentary. And it ended up evolving into a documentary just from that screening of like a work in progress. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so how long ago was that, the Docs in Progress? That was in the early 2014 okay. um, when I had that. I started taking the pictures in 2014, but... So that was like mid-2014 because I was pretty much close to finish with all the pictures, mm-hmm. but I had footage that I was trying to organize for marketing. And so that's when that happened. It aligned itself with... Yep. I know how that goes for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what percentage of people in the movie and the book are living with alopecia? In the movie, it's uh, 100%. Um, oh. In the... Oh, no, actually, no. I take that back. In the, in the film, it's about 90% because there's one woman who keeps the hair short, but she was diagnosed with cancer several years ago, but she keeps the hair short in solidarity of her sisters who died mm. of cancer. In the book, I would say it's about 75-80% are still living with alopecia, mm-hmm. and the rest yeah. has been solidarity and then reaction from chemotherapy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's great to give the different perspectives on loss, right? On hair loss. I mean, those are really large percentages for people in your book with alopecia. And you have a real strong focus on women, right? Because you have another book called Feminine Transitions. Mm-hmm. And what is that book all about? So the subtitle is a photographic celebration of natural beauty. And mm-hmm. it's images of females from young to older, so six weeks to 103 is the oldest model. And I wanted to just capture a raw beauty of females of different ages to show them as we look without the Photoshop craze and without makeup, without accessories, the requirements that they have to be makeup free, they have to be wig free, no accessories. And I was not doing any Photoshopping and they had to be in alignment with that. And I did that book because I was just so fed up with photographers in this whole Photoshop craze, you know, so or frenzy. So I just I wanted to do something to celebrate women in our raw beauty, you know, as we are. Yeah. Do you see that maybe transitioning and becoming a film as well? I've thought about it. I've done a short Beauty Is, but I haven't pushed that one as yet on YouTube. But I've thought about making that into a film as well, but I'm just not sure. Still kind of thinking about that one. Yeah. (laughs) I love too that it took you some time to get this all ready and and ready for release for I Am More Than My Hair for the documentary. And that just, did that debut at a film festival in October? So it was a private screening at AFI Theater in Silver Spring, Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, I hosted it mm-hmm. and they offered the space and I couldn't have asked for a better space to have it. And the audience was great. The feedback was amazing. I felt like I did my job as far as like what I was imagining with the film's mission goes and bringing awareness and having conversation, which I'm always, that's what shifts mindsets is conversation. And we were able to do that there. I'm now doing the film festivals so even though it hasn't been released as yet, I will be previewing at the Through a Woman's Eyes Film Festival in March in Sarasota, Florida. I'm looking forward to that and waiting for responses from about 15 other film festivals to see if it's, if it's in or not. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah it is. And yeah. How, does, how does that application process work for submitting? So there's a website, filmfreeway.com. So you have to upload your film. What I have my film on is on privacy so that it can only be seen at film festivals who I submit to so it's not mm. seen by everyone right I took about a month researching which ones I wanted to submit to before I actually submitted it's important to take time to see which one that you feel fits the best film festivals can be between 25 to about 100 I've seen it up to 175 per submission once you submit upload everything there and then once you choose the festivals you wanted to submit to some of them have questions, the length of time, that are short. Are you a, a woman director? Because a lot of film festivals now are trying to, you know, make sure that there's more women's voices that are heard. And then that's it. Go through that way. That's yeah. really exciting. And you won a, a merit award, too. I won a merit award with oh, with the best short competition. And then I also won the storyteller award with the, a show for change film festival as well. That's incredible. Yeah. And I just love that it's getting recognition and the fact that, I mean, you yourself don't have alopecia, but you're really featuring and showing the world about alopecia. To me, that's right. incredible. That's without that kind of personal experience with it. And do you feel like you yeah. were really motivated once you started meeting more people with alopecia and hearing the response that they were getting from their peers or just you said yourself that, you know, people were so critical talking about how there were all these biblical references to your hair. Right. Yeah. Did that help you understand a little bit better of what maybe, you know, we're going through on a daily basis? 
it, you know, and the thing is, it was, it gave me, I felt like a little glance and I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if I would have involuntarily lost my hair. Cause I'm like, if I'm, if this happened and I voluntarily cut my hair, I can't imagine what it must be like to someone. And, and also, also I'm going off the experiences from, you know, the interviews that I've had with women and some of the comments, of course you have the, you know, positives as well. Some women are told, that, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. I love, love your confidence. But then also you have these strange and disrespectful comments or stares. It gave me a little glance at it, but I really kind of lived vicariously through the women and the, you know, younger girls that I interviewed. And I had my own personal experience. And that's why I said I saw, I heard alopecia about a year before I started my project because one of my locks had fallen out and it was about a quarter size bald spot on the left side of my head that I know from a fact, like looking back and from listening to the women that I interviewed, that it was due to stress. And when I looked it up, because my doctor didn't know what it was, thought it was ringworm, it's not ringworm. And I was saying alopecia, but I had no clue. It wasn't until I met these women and they were telling their stories. I was like, oh, that's what that was. And I had no idea, you know, and I did anyone else know. And then also the doctors themselves sometimes, because my doctor had no clue. It has definitely been a learning experience. In a way, I, I just hope that the film is able to shed some light, you know, yeah. and... I look forward to that too. It definitely will. It definitely will. And I mean, we're living in a time that, like you said, women producers, directors are people are interested in what we're putting out there, right? And so what you're doing is fantastic and the message is really clear and I can't wait to see it myself. I'm super excited. So we'll have to get you you into the film festival in Seattle sometime, hopefully soon. Did you submit to Seattle? Yeah. I did. I did submit to Tacoma Film Festival and Seattle Film Festival. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, I'm just waiting to hear back. Yeah. yeah. So people who are looking for you, how can they find you on social media and links that they can check out for your book and also for the documentary? Yeah, so they can find me on, so my website is my name, alicia.com. That's A-L-Y-S-C-I-A.com. Uh, I'm also on Alicia Cunningham is on my social media links. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and all my website. You also see the links for my other social media pages. And then I'm also doing fiscal sponsorship. So if anyone is interested in making a donation towards the distribution of the film, it's also on my website. It's a tax deductible donation. Awesome. And I'll have all those links in the show notes for our listeners and they can be sure to support you there. Thank you. You're welcome. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me again today and for sharing your story with listeners. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a great conversation. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. To find out more about Alicia, the film, and her books, head on over to Alicia.com. And you can also find her on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Alicia Cunningham and I Am More Than My Hair. To help Alicia get I Am More Than My Hair into the film festival circuit, support the festival phase at www.docsinprogress.org slash hair. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.